Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. Could we all stand, please, and take your Bibles and go to the book of Luke, uh, Luke chapter 15. And I've taken tonight's sermon, flipped it with this morning's sermon. I've taken this morning's sermon. I've moved it to tonight. Uh, So since you won't hear tonight's sermon, you need to come back tonight to hear this morning's sermon. And uh, so, right, Brother Johnny? That's just how it goes. Uh, But Luke chapter 15, and we're going to read the first three verses together out loud. Uh, Luke chapter 15. And I would ask you during this time to be in prayer uh, for Brother James. Where'd he go? James, Hope, Mama, right over there. Brother James' sister right now, uh, they've had to make the decision to take her off life support, uh, and she is not doing well at at all. And uh, so if Brother James has to leave in the middle of the service, and Brother James, just know we're praying for you, my friend. We love you. And, um, And they've been dealing with this for just a couple of weeks now, and and every time Hope calls and says, let me give you an update, let me give you this update, then it's, it's uh, very heavy on the heart. So if you would, keep Brother James in your prayer. Luke chapter 15, let's read verse 1, 2, and 3 together out loud. Are you ready? Begin. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying... We're going to pause right there, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time that we can be together. Lord, I do not take this time lightly. I, I know that uh, this world uh, is in a bad shape. And I know that every family and every church faces the pressure of the culture of this world, and it's changing at such a fast pace. Lord, as I think about our homes and I think about our church, I think about the forces of evil are doing their best to infiltrate everything that would be good. And how many families are being torn apart? How many churches are losing their distinction? God, I ask that you would help us look into your word in this chapter, and God, may we pull out the solution. And may we realize that we will not be able to stop all decay. God, we can stop a lot of it. Help us to realize our responsibility. Help us to realize it's going to take all of us. And Lord, bless this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm going to let you have a seat. In Luke chapter 15, there is one parable that has three parts. When I look at Luke 15, I sometimes divide it up into three separate parts, but the Bible tells us that he spake this parable. This parable had three separate parts. If you'll notice in the text here, and I do appreciate y'all fighting through all the distractions around you, and uh, it means a lot. I am not distracted up here because there's nothing to fight with around me, but I take it for granted that sitting out there, sometimes that's not true, and I so appreciate you. The lost sheep, verse 4 through 7, so in the chapter right there, it's divided up with the lost sheep. 
Then in verse number 8 through verse number 10 is the lost coin. And then in verse number 11 through verse number 32, it's the lost son. These three items were lost. The sheep was lost to the wilderness. The coin was lost in the house. The son was lost to the world. Where most of the time is spent in this chapter about the son. There is the majority of the verses are dedicated to the portion of the parable about the lost son. This outcome of the lost son being lost to the world and this horrible life that this lost son lived. There are glimpses of just how it, this happened and what kind of life it was. Look at verse 13 and look at the phrase, took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Then we find another statement that gives us indication about this journey. Look at verse 14. And when he had spent all, drop to verse number 15, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his field to feed swine. Now look at verse 16. And when he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Here you have it. The majority of this story, this third part of the parable, is spent talking about his journey into the far country, his wasting of his substance, his riotous living. He spent all. He had to be a boarder with a farmer. This farmer sent him to the field to feed swine. He's about to fill his butt belly with the husk that the swine did eat. Why? Because there was no man that gave unto him. We all would agree that the process of restoration and reconciliation is very difficult to nigh impossible when a son has joined himself to the citizen of the far country. It's hard to reach him when they have no address. It's hard to find them when they have no cell phone number. It's hard to get in touch with them when they're always a vagabond because they need the next dollar to get to the next meal. And it's hard when the prodigal, if that's how we're going to coin him, or the younger son, it's hard when you don't know where they're at. Because every young person needs to listen to this. Once you leave the father's house, your life becomes unstable. You won't know where you're going to end up. There was no forwarding address. And he found himself with no man. He found himself among animals. And he found himself the recipient of a riotous life. When you consider this part of the parable, then you must go back and consider the parable of the lost sheep. We've just talked about the lost son. How do we keep from the prodigal? Well, then in order to understand this, we must talk about the lost sheep, this three-part series that the Lord put out in Luke chapter 15. When you consider the part of the parable concerning the lost sheep, we must all realize it's difficult to impossible to influence a sheep when they're not here. It is difficult. I can prepare the sermon God wants. The teachers can prepare the lessons God wants. You can cook the best meal at your house, but we would all agree that all the labor put into a meal with all the love put in has no bearing on the sheep if they're not sitting at your table and if they're not in the auditorium. When I stand up here, it's a much different view than when I stand back over there. 
When I'm standing back over there, I look with Brother Colton, and I look through the bottom floor, and I said, wow, man, she's full today. But when I stand up here, the sheep that are not here, this sermon will have no impact on the sheep that are not here. The sermon tonight will have no impact on the sheep who are not there. They may hear about it. They may talk about the good meal they had at Thanksgiving. But we all know if the sheep's not there to take part of that Thanksgiving meal, it doesn't matter how wonderful the table was, they weren't there. In this one parable, you have the lost son, this son that ended up with no address. Then you have the lost sheep, this first part of this story. And this sheep that is not here is not receiving the handshake. They're not receiving the fellowship. They're not making good memories. It will be another step to where something happened without them there. And I love the part to where a calculated step was taken to go get them. So we have the lost son. Please stay with me. We have the lost sheep. Then we come to the only part of the parable yet to be talked about. And that is the lost coin. Suffice it to say that this coin was not lost to the world, and it was not lost to the wilderness. This is just not a sermon. This is my heart this morning, because I believe it's the heart of God. This coin was lost in the house. I want to talk to you this morning from this parable, and it will not be long. Lost in the house. The spiritual truth this morning is this. Where do we start preventing a prodigal from ending up in the far country? Where do we start? Do we start when they run out of money? Do we start when they lose a home? Do we start when we have news that they have spent it with bad women and riotous living? Where do we start? Home, where do you start? Church, where do we start? In Luke chapter 15, verse 13, look at it at the very end. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. Young people, listen to this. You've got it all right now. God's blessed you with a mom and a dad. God's blessed you with a stable home. The clothes you have on your back right now, you didn't buy to a big degree. No matter how much you save for a little pair of shoes, they don't cover your entire body. Praise God that there are moms and dads who foot the bill and go without to give you what you need. But please know this. We don't want you going to the far country. We don't want you living a riotous life. The over, older brother detailed and described some part of this riotous living. If you will, look at verse 30. So in verse 13, he wasted his substance with riotous living. In verse number 30, look at it. The son knew what that meant. Listen to what the son said. And had devoured thy living with harlots. This older son knew the part of this riotous living included a destruction of morals. The devil's not dragging you just to have no money. The devil's not trying to reach into this church and your home just to get your children to be there or be there. You know what the devil wants? The devil wants to ruin your children's morals. 
Because there's one guilt that's hard to cleanse yourself from in your mind and in your spirit. And that is when a believer or a Christian, to wherever their morals are given away or their morals are robbed from them. But always understand this. You can't go do what you want to do. You can't go live how you want to live without paying the ultimate price. And it's not your money. It's not your name. The ultimate price is your morals. Because if the book be true, every sin, Paul said to the Corinthians, every sin that a man doeth is without the body, except for the sin of fornication. And the sin of fornication, it turns against the body and etches on the soul of that person things that they wish they could take back that they can never talk about and they don't think they're worthy anymore. Listen, somebody needs to start preaching about this one fact. A riotous living in a wicked world is not where you want to live. You may see the laughter, but you don't see the heartache. You may see the smile, but you don't see the vomiting. And this riotous lifestyle. So here in this parable, with three curtain calls, three different acts, if you will, this, this, this prodigal. And then you have the sheep who's out of the house and in the wilderness. Again, where does a home start? Mom and dad, if your fear is that your child is going to grow up, and if right now you do have voice control, Don't think you'll always have person control. The average child is like the Siri on your phone. Hey, Siri, I wonder how many of your phones woke up just now. You can go, hey, son. Yes, sir. That may not always be. It ought to scare every parent that their child's still living at home that you can hey Siri them and they'll have to do. What other choice they have? But how do you prevent that? How, how do you stop what I believe is the ultimate heartache? Because if the ultimate joy is I have no greater joy than to hear that my children do what, please? Walk in truth. If that's no greater joy than no greater heartache than to hear that some child doesn't walk in truth. Can I just stop here and tell you the church gossips this, not that we have any here today. They all go to another church. But if you see one of the children that are grown acting dumb, don't feel like you're the newspaper to go tell that parent. Why even go there? God lets you see it to pray. God didn't let you see it to go, well, your child okay? Listen, that was just a by the way. That didn't cost you anything. But where do we start? We must kick out of the beginning phrases of humanistic thinking that says this. Well, at least they're not in the world. And well, at least they're still in church. I submit to you today that God has given us the blueprint to keep them in the house. God has given us the blueprint to where we can make sure that if they do go to the world, they have to step over a whole lot of God. And if they do go to the wilderness and they hit and miss a sheep in the fold, that they have to step over a whole lot of text messages and a whole lot of love and a whole lot of reaching out. 
we need to wake up and ask ourselves this question. Not are they in the world and then us go, well, we're good. Not are they faithful to church and always in the fold, we're good. But is it possible that they sleep in your house, they eat at your table? Is it possible that they are in this house right now, but they are lost in the house? Are they lost in the house? We need to be sensitive to the everyday spiritual condition and connection of our family to God. Do not climb atop your mountain and look at their clean haircuts and their nice dresses and their yes ma'am and no ma'am and yes sir and no sir and think that this is, I'm done. They've reached the pinnacle. Every day you wake up, you need to make sure that while they're in the house, they're not lost in the house. While they're at church, they are at church. While they're at the table, they're at the table. When children don't want to be at the table and when children don't want that connect, and when children want to disappear from the, from the table and run to a back room and where members want to kind of in the house, but you're zoned out. You're in the house, but you try to distance yourself. You're in the house, but you come late, leave early. You're in the house, but you pick and choose what's going on. And you wake up halfway through a song service and you wake up halfway through an instrumental. Let me tell you something. It is possible to be in the house yet lost. And before somebody ever is a hit and miss Christian, at the fold, and before somebody's ever a hit and miss Christian in the, in the fold and, and, and living in the world, they get lost in the house. It's that day that you come in, wake up, and the preaching's done, and you don't remember one thing that went on. It's that Thanksgiving that you spent, and you didn't realize anything that's going on. Listen, the greatest danger among Christianity is not the world, and it's not faithfulness to church. It's while we are in church, are we lost in the house? Before a person's ever lost to the world, they're lost to the wilderness. And before they're ever lost to the wilderness, they're lost in the house. In verse number 8, if you'll look at it, either what woman, Luke 15, 8, either what woman having 10 pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together saying, rejoice with me. For I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that what, please? I'm telling you that there are people who come to church all the time. They go to the choir. They do everything that's required of them, but they're lost in the house. You know what God says? That person needs to repent because being lost in the house is sin. I didn't say it. God said it. And this parable is not here as an isolated parable. I believe this parable, if we put them in order of how did this happen, I think before they're ever lost to the world and ever lost to the wilderness, they're in the house and they're lost. Let's all make a commitment that we're going to keep our third eye on the family members and on the church members who are lost in the house. Do you know why you need to show up early? Because there may be somebody lost in the house that's just sitting. Do you know why you need to show up early and stay late after church? It's because there just might be somebody who's lost in the house. I'm going to give you three things this morning 
And um, I can feel the silence coming across the auditorium, and I'm not quite sure if it's our neighborhood's ready to go and get out of here, or if it's a realization that the reason we lose people sometimes at a high rate of speed is because they're lost. They're just lost. How many people used to stand here and sing, and now they hit and miss at church, and now they're in the world? And we can say all we want to. Well, they should have known better. I say not. I say somebody didn't recognize that person's lost in the house. And we better stop everything. And we better understand. This is why you need to stay out of drama and leave your drama with your mama as she rides the llama. I've been waiting all morning to say that. I just got to get it out of my system. This is why you need to stop dividing lines to where this neighborhood's better than this neighborhood and this per- we're on no 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 we're just better than everybody you know how them people park on this side of the parking lot we park we got to stop that because we're a family and every family member needs to be sensitive to the holy spirit of god to where they go they're lost they're lost in the house let me give you three things and then I'll be done first of all How do you keep from being lost in the house? Stay part of the whole. I want you to notice in verse number 8. Either what woman having what, please? 10, Luke 15, 8. Either either what woman having what, please? 10 pieces of silver if she lose what, please? One. Well, math says that if you have 10 and you take away one, guess what you have left? Nine. I believe that when we go one accord for this year, that I think that we can't function as a church on just nine. Did y'all hear that? We can't function on just nine. And there are people sitting all over churches everywhere that they've just got lost. And now they are not doing what a coin was meant to do. Let me exchange this coin for value. Let me give this coin for trade. And God did not bring a person to a church to sit and sit and sit. God gave us abilities. God gave us talents. God gave us what fits. And God meant for in a house that no member of a family is worth less, but no member of a family is better off on their own. How many people just come in and they just sit and they just stare and they're waiting for everything to start and then they stand, then they sit, then they stare, they stand, they sit, they stare and then they get up and go home and there's more joy outside of the house than there is in the house. Stay part of the whole. You and I were not meant to be isolated. You and I were not meant to run to our our room and curl up with life and just do life. You and I were not meant to pull the shades. You and I were not meant to be this loner. And what is happening is they can be in the family, but they can be lost. They can be in the church, but they can be lost. They can be somebody that's not using this status of a family member to interact with the family. Same thing happens in a church. No involvement in the programs of the church isolates their being and begin to retreat to the shadows of the program. They're late coming in, early leaving, and all of a sudden what they used to be and do, they no longer are and do. That is not a sign of rebellion. That is not a sign of anything else other than this. They're getting 
lost in the house. This is why, as a pastor, one of the things that I must be aware of is that are they retreating to the shadows? Are they retreating? Can I ask you a question this morning? Have you lost the excitement of church where you used to shout and praise God, but you hadn't done that in months? Same song, same thing about Jesus, but there's no smile. There's no shout. Do I automatically assume you're backslidden of the devil? No, you're just lost. You're just lost in the house. The second thing I'm going to tell you is this. Be an influence to encourage those that are lost in the house. If God right now, if God right now is telling you, hey, he's talking about me. Or if God's saying, you know what? He's talking about so-and-so. Then I want you to start being an encourager. Don't let people pass you in the hallway without encouraging them. Don't let somebody come into your Saturn circles without them knowing, I recognize you. I see you. hundred times I'll be talking to somebody in the hallway, and when somebody passes me, I'll just stick out my hand, and they'll shake, and they'll just keep going. I'll give knuckles to some men. They'll just keep going. Say, hey, sister, how you doing? I'll go back to what I'm talking about. Why? I don't want anybody in this house to pass this pastor without me recognizing I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're alive, and I will push pause on life to encourage everybody else. Listen, listen, it has to be so in a family. Don't let family members retreat. You just encourage them. You say, no, you've got to be out here with everybody. Would you notice what gender is mentioned in the text of who went searching? Either what? Verse 8. What, what is it? Either what, what? Would you say that out loud? What? Woman. Why didn't he say a man? Because here's how a man thinks. Nine coins are better than ten. And if I got to get up off this couch and search, nah, I'll settle for the nine. You know why he picked a woman? He picked a woman because a woman would be like, no, 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 no. You just can't walk around with one earring. I got to find that other earring. Well, ma'am, you got 50,000 pairs of earrings sent back there. But you don't understand, that earring was given to me by my great-great-grandmother. And I just got to wear it. I just got to find it. Let me, let me, let me, there's a reason why. Do you know who the worst workers in the nursery are? Men. If we watched the nursery, you'd be changing that diaper that you dropped that kid off three hours ago. We would just simply say, get more Lysol. <laughs> and when a man looks for something, we don't pull it out. Are you serious? It's like, man, get rid of that, get rid of that. What's going on with that? And what's going on with that? We just tear it up. And then guess what we do? We walk away. No, 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 no. It said a woman. And when I was reading this text, I was so like, God, you know that nobody has the heart of a woman. 
You know that nobody has the care of a woman. Us men, if we found the coin that was lost and if it had a broken leg, you know what we would say? That's what you get for jumping out of my coin box and thinking you could just roll out and you got run over by the cat. You deserve everything you get. You know what a mama says? Oh, poor baby. You go kill that cat, And which I'm all for, but I'll tell you right now, that's the way a mom is. A mom looks at the, 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 the cut as it's bleeding, and she'll take them lips and kiss, the, kiss that cut right there. And then she wants to turn around and kiss me on the lips. You have lost your mind. You see, become that influence of an encourager. This church is not masculine. This church is a lady. And this church, we must understand that while you are in the house, Encourage somebody who's lost in the house because there may be a day that you're lost in the house and you need somebody to encourage you in the house. How do you stop them from hitting the back door and hitting to the world? They're lost. It's that first time that somebody who may be sang up here, somebody that used to teach or usher, whatever the case may be, it was that first time that anybody adopted that attitude. What do you, what do you expect? Rather than saying there's a distance in your eye, there's, there's a distance in who you are, and I'm not going to let you be lost in the house. Lost in the house. The third thing I want to tell you is this. Understand lost coins still have a value. Verse number eight, either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, would you, would you focus in on that? One piece. This coin in our, pa- in our passage was a part of 10 pieces, 10 pieces. The lost coin only made up the, mis- the, the lost coin not only made up the missing coin, only worth 10%. But it lessened the buying power of the 10 coins to only 90%. What may not seem like a big percent, but if it takes 100% to get the job done as a church, and we only have 90%, then we can't get the job done. If the family is just clicking along at 100%, then if you're missing a coin, then you can't be as happy as you would be only at 90%. Our theme is one accord. We have spent 10 months trying to get everyone on the same page. We have spent 10 months trying to make sure everybody feels included But there are still people that on their way to the world, they're hitting and missing church because they got lost in the house. At some point, at some point, they didn't think their 10% voice mattered. At some point, they didn't think that their 10% added any value because after all, y'all can make it with just the 90%. Listen, yes, we can make it with three quarters of a tank of gas but we just can't make it as far. Yes, we can still have choir without, but we just won't sound as good. Yes, the children can get up here and sing, but they don't sound as powerful as they could without yours. Yes, the teenagers will do a wonderful job, but that choir won't be at 100% until the lost coins in the house are encouraged to become part of the whole. This is why we can't let our young people just exist as a lost coin with a value of 10%. We always must be telling them, you don't have to measure up to the rest of the pouch because everybody in the pouch is only worth 10%. 
I'm only worth 10%. I am not better than you. I am not more than you. I am just one of you that has been called to lead all of us back to being all of us. And anytime somebody thinks that they're worth more, you're not worth more. 10% is 10%. A coin at this time was worth about 18 cents. It was commonly inscribed with the image of an owl, a tortoise. And so this 18 cents, but yet when you put it with the 10, it's worth $1.80. It weighed about 65.5 grains, a common weight that they would use in dispensing medicine. But yet together, it was 655 grains. It's not about the heaviness of the scale. It's about the fact everybody's on the scale. The big thing about church work is this. It's not the number you report to the Christian newspaper to say how many you had in church. It's the fact everybody's at the house of God. It's not about $1.80. That's not very much. No, no. It's about all 10 pieces are here. It's not about 655 grains. That's not very big. That's not the point. That's not the point. Everyone's in the house. Everyone's there. And if we want to plug the back door to the world, then we must get involved in the house and don't let people isolate themselves with 10%. Our teenage girls have no idea what they did probably about three or four months ago. There are teenage girls in this auditorium that we had a young lady that was visiting, and I went up to the teenage girls, and I just said, hey, that, 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 that girl's visiting for the very first time. Could y'all go meet her and introduce yourself to her and make friends? They didn't think much about it. They're giddy teenage girls. All right, Pastor, we'll go do it. They came running up. Hey, what's your name? What are y'all about? Da-da-da-da. It may have lasted one week or two weeks. But this past week, I received an email that that treatment of being friendly to those who are lost in the house. This young lady said, Pastor, Emmanuel has ruined my church experience because I can't find a church that my very first week there, I was shown friendliness. Miss Kelly and I were standing with a preacher, and his wife and daughters happened to be visiting. And that girl looked at me and said, hey, Brother Gray, you weren't there the Sunday that we came through. You were chartering a church, and that's the friendliest church I've ever been in in my life. Like they, they, knew who we, they knew who they were. Can I say this? Our guests ought to feel that way, but I'll tell you who ought to feel that way over and over again. It's the members of Emmanuel. Are you lost in the house? Always know this. We can't go as far without you. And when a coin is lost in the house, our value is lessened by 10%. We may act like we're 100%. We may act like we're okay. But in my mind's eye as pastor, there are still people who should be sitting in this auditorium. I wonder to myself, God, are they not here because they got lost in the house and nobody recognized them?
How long does somebody have to be missing from the house before you realize they're missing from the house? But I got one more important than that. I would say to the same degree that you can realize they haven't been in the house probably was to the same degree of weeks they were lost in the house and no one knew. Three things and I'm done. One, always be attaching yourself to the whole. Don't be a spectator. Don't be a spectator. Always be attaching yourself to the whole. Keep constant watch on those who are not there. And third, determine to use your involvement at your stage and age and abilities. The most dangerous time is for single adults to sit and do nothing when they have an ability God has given them, but it's going to take all of us to say, hey, hey, come on, come on, you, you, come on, you can do this. Hey, use that talent for the Lord. Use that ability for the Lord. Do that for the Lord. And this is when we make sure that they feel value in the house. Because can I read you this as the musicians go and musicians come? When a, when a person is isolated with their 10%, then they don't see value in the house they're in. Listen. When a person is isolated with their 10%, then they don't see value of the house they're in. Listen to this. Thus, they wander to the wilderness with a low value. They go out with only 10% value. Listen. Then they find someone with 90% that combines with their 10%, but yet that 90% of the world combined with that 10% now becomes 100%, and now they feel value and they feel worth, not even realizing that the world wants to take their 10% and leave them with nothing. Nothing. I don't believe anybody ever wanders away from the fold to the wilderness as long as they're plugged in with the 10 coins in the house. This is why when you sit in a choir chair, when you sit in an orchestra chair, when, when you show up to a youth activity, when you're there on Wednesday night for all the teaching classes, and, 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 it's, and it's one thing for someone to say, hey, pastor, did you know so-and-so wasn't here, and, and me be checking on people, and it's one thing for the teacher to say, you know, I don't have time this week, can you kind of check on them? That, that's another thing, I get it, but boy, I'll tell you what really keeps a church connected, and it's not the pastor. The thing that keeps the church connected is when coin number nine realizes coin number 10 isn't there. And I'll tell you something better than the shepherd going to get. It's all 10 of the coins going to search. When is the last time you showed up as a delegation of teenagers to that teenager that hadn't been here in a while and said, hey, we missed you. We missed you. When's the last time you just reached out? If you are looking for a revolutionary, if you're looking for a sermon you can go home and tell good stories about, we'll give you bad English, this ain't one. But if you're looking for a sermon and a truth that places responsibility on all of us, this is it.
One day I'm going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. And one day my, my biggest fear, you know, you, there are a couple of fears I have, but my biggest fear is that God's going to say, how come you weren't a good shepherd? And how can somebody be that disconnected in the church and you not know it? And how could somebody just slip out the back door and you not know it? And how could somebody, all shepherds will stand before the Lord and we will give an account of how we led God's people. And this morning I'm coming to you telling you this. I can't be everywhere at one time. And the strength of a church is this. You'll pass more people lost in the house than I will. Let's encourage them. Let's make sure nobody gets lost. And teenagers, this is your responsibility as much as it is the adult's responsibility. A great youth department doesn't come from without. It comes from this band of teenagers that say, no, 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 we care about everybody. We care. It's young adults. Where were they? Where were they? Where were they? The core, the grassroots is, is valuable. I propose to you tonight, before they ever were lost to the world, they were lost to the wilderness. Before they were ever lost to the wilderness, they were lost in the house. We have a responsibility. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.